This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We'll continue our conversation pertaining to the Stanley Cup final in just a bit. But the Buffalo Bills have been busy this weekend, uh, notably with some defensive acquisitions and extensions. So uh, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, the Bills uh, made a late splash in free agency, agreeing to terms with former Rams standout pass rusher Leonard Floyd, getting a one-year deal. Uh, Leonard Floyd has had an interesting career as far as uh, being really, really good in spots and then being a relative unknown as well. But uh, he did win a ring with the Rams, and so he will be be, uh, reunited uh, with Von Miller, uh, of course, they were both on that uh, Super Bowl championship team. Uh, speaking of Von Miller, uh, he told a local reporter that he is trying to return no later than week six. And so the Bills uh, would certainly love to have him sooner rather than later. And then the Bills extended uh, defensive tackle Ed Oliver, a four-year, $68 million extension. Again, that's per Ian Rappaport. And so given all of these defensive things that the Bills have done, Aaron, uh, are you more bullish, less bullish, or evenly bullish on the Bills? Is it bad that this doesn't do a whole lot for me? I mean, they've got some guys oh. under one-year deals. They've given some longer-term deals. I'm like, okay, I guess it's kind of like I need to see it. It doesn't really do a whole lot for me, to be honest. Um, I haven't looked at their futures or win totals and thought, oh, yeah, just because – Leonard Floyd agreed to a one-year deal that I'm, you know, higher on the bills. It's a depth move. And, you know, Floyd, he performed a lot better, obviously, when you're playing next to a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Donald. Um, that's going to happen. Uh, ten and a half, nine and a half, and nine sacks over the last three years with the Rams. And uh, he was put in a good spot with the Bears when he was playing with Khalil Mack as well. So, the guy's not stupid. He's going he's gonna to run to where some talent is. But, you know, I paid close attention to his first four years in the league with the Bears. It always felt like he's just a little disappointing. He would ball out against the Packers, and, that, and then that would be pretty much it for the majority of the season. But, yeah, they're just, they're just adding depth. It, it's a spot they keep adding to. Uh, they know they're not, not going to get a full season out of Von Miller. So he's a depth guy that, that has performed uh, when he's surrounded – by the right amount of people. Now they've in recent years they have been drafting a number of uh, of defensive players, but this year they they decided not to as far as their front seven. So uh, one of the reasons that the Bills regressed now everything was on Josh Allen and that he took a step back. But another big reason was the the number of injuries that piled up on the defensive side at every level 
of that defense. It did not help things. So they're, they're addressing that and trying to make sure that that's not an issue this season while their championship window is open. Yeah, it, these are definitely win now kind of moves for the Bills. They understand that this window very much is closing and they want to do about as much as they conceivably can to, to go after it right now. At the same time, I think the market also understands that. And there's not really the value that I wish I could see for the Bills. And to me, Aaron, I, I think that's the right take, that this doesn't do a whole lot for me. Not necessarily because they're bad moves. In fact, they're pretty good ones. Yeah. And I think this defense should be fairly solid. But the market really isn't giving me any value to back them in any way. Because within the division, uh, you've got the Jets and Dolphins. Uh, in the AFC, you've got a lot of other great quarterbacks you have to go up against. And then to win the Super Bowl, uh, yeah, you don't have a whole lot challenging you in the NFC. But there, there's not the value there that I would want really at any level. Yeah, and when Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, you know, were together in 2021, they combined for 14 and a half sacks in 24 games. And we talked about last season how it looked like the Bills were missing Von Miller, but he's also getting older and he's not going to be back till potentially week six. It's just hard for me to get too excited about anything right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Uh, they they also lost a few players, so they're trying to supplement that a little bit. Uh, certainly a, a different role, but they lost Tremaine Edmonds, and you know he he's a big contributor as far as uh, tackles uh, for that Bills defense. Uh, he goes over to the Bears while he's in his prime, so that's, that's another reason that they're going to keep on adding to that depth. It does feel like they are always on the hunt for a pass rusher. Oh, absolutely. And the, yeah. especially like extending at Oliver, uh, you know, I think Brad Spielberger said it was probably a little bit too much. And I would tend to agree with that as far as the extension. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you do for sort of an all in mentality. And that's kind of what the Bills have right now. And when you have a team, you know, approaching it all in as the Bills are, maybe that doesn't do a whole lot for you betting on them now. But definitely you want to keep that in mind in future years, because at some point you have to pay the tab. And that's mm. when you'll want to start fading the bills. Maybe not now, obviously not now, uh, but down the road, keep in mind that this is a narrow window that they put themselves uh, within. Okay, so let's get back to the Stanley Cup final. And we talked a little bit about Con Smythe and my approach that Sergei Bobrovsky has to be part of a winning team now to win Con Smythe because you know, that game one performance just wasn't his best. And he's not going to be able to perform at a high level uh, the rest of the series and still garner enough votes to win Con Smythe. Yet at the same time, if you're looking at a place to back uh, a Golden Knight for, there really isn't anyone obvious, I don't think, Aaron, because a different player scored every goal in game one, and there isn't that one standout score that you can go to uh, to say, okay, he's the one who can win Con Smythe. Instead, it seems like a fairly wide open race. Yeah, which is why, I don't know, would you just look at Aiden Hill with some value there? If you think yeah, the Golden Knights are going to win it? I f- yeah. I figured you were going to bring that up, and it's it's certainly a fair point that if you think the Knights are going to win it, okay, who's it going to, which players are going to be, and if it's tough to make a strong case, I understand. It depends what happens. Is he the reason? But it 
doesn't feel like he was getting a lot of buzz in their winning, other winning series. That even if they do win mm-hmm. the cup, that he wasn't talked about as much. I mean, certainly nowhere near uh, Bobrovsky. Now, Bobrovsky, three to one. Aiden Hill, I see him as the fifth favorite at eight to one. But yeah, it is pretty balanced. Now, the shortest number on the board for the Knights is Eichel. Uh, that's been the case for a little bit now because of the number of points that he's accumulated here. And then he got two more in game one, plus 330. so after his goal in game one, his number uh, got shorter. Carlson still part of the conversation. Stone scored a goal in game one. He's 10 to one. Uh, so that's, it's completely up on, in the air on the Vegas side. I will disagree with one thing. And, and I know Bobrovsky, where the chatter was off the charts, I agree that Florida has to win for Bobrovsky to have a chance. I just don't think voters are going to do that anymore, where they give the MVP, they give the consmite to someone on the losing team in the finals. I know it's happened in the past, but that was so long ago. I, I just mm-hmm. don't see it happening again. There's there's probably some excuse at some point out there for, you know, like if, say, the Oilers made the final and lost, you could see Connor McDavid winning the Smythe mm-hmm. or, you know, some sort of combination like that where, okay, yeah, he wasn't part of the winning team, but he had such an epic run leading up to the final, just, you know, faced a buzzsaw. And that buzzsaw had a lot of different players uh, step up. I still can envision situations where that could be the case. I don't think it's going to be Bobrovsky anymore, though, because, you know, you look at, say, the shot chart for Vegas, they were generating a lot of high-danger opportunities. Now, part of it was they had a lot of power plays. That matters. But also, too, Florida's defense was not as stellar as it was in the first uh, three series for them. Vegas may have figured something out as far as generating, you know, shots in the crease, high danger opportunities, those kinds of things. And if this persists for the rest of the final, that's going to make Bobrovsky's job that much tougher. Now he might have some phenomenal highlight reel saves, but more often than not, even the best goaltenders uh, cannot handle too many high danger chances. And that may very well be what Sergei faces as far as that's concerned. March's show, mm-hmm. uh, however, for Con Smythe at plus 425, second shortest among the Golden Knights, third shortest overall in BetMGM. I think there's some great value there. He scored for the fifth time in his last six games. He has strung uh, multi-goal outings together. He's a name that's uh, gaining a lot of attention, gaining a lot of traction. And when no one else is sort of seizing the spotlight, so to speak, I think there's some great value there, Joe. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I think we both picked him when we were doing that draft last week uh, with one of our top selections for the Con Smythe. So that makes sense to me. With with it being up in the air, can we go past Eichel and Marcheseau? Or is is that the conversation right now? You can can see Stone? Yeah, Aaron? I still think there's a case for Aiden Hill. I mean, the goaltender position is the second – 
that position has won it the second most besides centerman uh, in the history of the Conn Smythe Award. I think the biggest thing is, though, he came in like midway through the playoffs. So he's going to have to have an incredible performance, some shutouts or something to like really blow this out of the water. And maybe the other guys have to be more even in terms of their stats. But I think there's some value there. And I was reading an article in Hockey News that – his stats are on pace with Vasilevsky, who won it, and, jo- and Jonathan Quick. So if he can continue down this path, I think it could be his. He went over his saves prop, if I'm not mistaken, from game one. And <clears throat> I think anytime you're, you know, even though voters are probably not looking at the betting market that much, at least if you're over expectation in some way, whether it's a betting prop or maybe our preconceived notions of the quality of a player, I think that helps your cause because I think that element Mm -hmm. of surprise is very much useful. And look, if Matthew Kachuk is shut down uh, or, you know, at least limited in terms of his overall quality of play, then yeah, you can point to Vegas's defense, but again, there's not that one player you can point to. It may very well be Aiden Hill, uh, leading the way and so in that respect uh, at five to one I I don't think it's a bad place to go Mark Stone at 15 to one I think is also interesting he does lead Mm -hmm. all Golden Knights and expected goals per money puck he hasn't always cashed those in uh, but at 15 to one when there's no clear-cut front runner for Vegas I don't think there's anything wrong with that bet yeah that's pretty good look it you know, is um, Bobrovsky, maybe he's still the favorite because he's get, obviously getting a lot of credit for what happened before this series. But also, in, in that's the way that one unfolded with all those penalty minutes, 46, like, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, they, Vegas only had one power play goal in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Stone, because he can hand out some helpers as well, and he, he scored a goal in game one. Like the, it's kind of a similar to an Eichel case, but Eichel's got the most points. Do you feel like is it a similar case, or is he almost blocked by Eichel? Because all right, well, that's if they're we're going to take a guy that kind of does a little bit of both. He's the guy because he's already he's leading the team in points. I, I played Stone at fifteen to one before game one, so I would you know I would certainly I thought they I was surprised I saw a little bit of drift. Like I saw an eighteen to one out there after he scored a goal in game one, so that didn't make me feel great. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's a pretty strong case there for a guy that can kind of do both. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that's the case. And I don't necessarily think he's blocked out because of, you know, Eichel's physicality, so to speak. I, I still think uh, there, there are paths for Stone to sort of make a name for himself and uh, be the guy. So I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. It, it, you know, when we talk about uh, game two, though, Aaron, uh, I know you're back in Florida here. I'm not really comfortable with a side. I could see this going a variety of ways. I do expect a lower scoring game, though. I don't think we'll see the the penalties that we saw from game one. Very chippy game, but just because you see chippiness early in a series does not mean that's going to persist the rest of the way. And to me, in a lower scoring affair with fewer penalties, then it's that much more volatile as far as, you know, you know, one puck, one shot finding the back of the net, uh, in which case either you're taking Florida on the money line or you're taking Vegas, you know, probably at the puck line. That's interesting because, Ed, the uh, over five and a half is juiced. Mm-hmm. And you like well, the under. Yeah. 
what's interesting about this is everybody's at five and a half except for BetMGM. And there's, it's a six mm. minus 120 to the under. So, I mean, that is pretty, pretty appealing. Where everybody else is, and I is think on that's that five and a half to the over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that's the way to go here. And I mean, I think there, there's also the possibility that we're expecting an overtime, and that may also be affecting this as well. Um, but mm-hmm. no guarantees that'll happen either. So I, I, I think this will be a lower scoring game. That's probably the only side I really have here. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. It's coming right up here on the BetQL Network.